when you're pushing that gun, you're asking it to go the extra fucking inch. When you're asking that gun to just go a little further, okay, the more efficient gun is going to get there. It, it just is. Mm-hmm. You know, like when the gun is dirty or it's dry or your gas rings are worn or there's debris in the raceway or there's other things going on or the, it's negative 20 degrees outside and, you know, you test fire your gun at, you know, 80 degrees, you know, like ambient temperature. When you start stacking these variables into that weapon, okay, the more efficient gun is going to push further. It just is. You don't shoot, you don't test something or you don't you don't come up with the formula based upon getting it to work at some static range under ideal conditions, right? You're thinking of what the gun's going to do when the chip's truly down, when everything's gone to shit and there's a real problem or you've where you're, you're you're pushing that gun to its outer edge of its performance envelope, okay? That's where that's what you're paying for. When you buy a better rifle, you're paying for that that ex, that that last five percent, the last five percent of the performance envelope. That's what you're buying. Cool. We appreciate y'all taking the time for us today on this nice chilly. November day, December actually, right? Yes, December first. Yeah. December first, man. Yeah. I'm glad y'all are here. It's this crazy. is awesome. Have you been here before? No, this is my first time. Oh well, well I've yeah. seen the bathroom twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Tech Ordinance Podcast. We're joined here today with Kyle and Mike Mistubishi from Sons of Liberty Gunworks. <laughs> Those of you watching here on YouTube may notice we're not in the pod lab today. We're here on location in lovely San Antonio here at the Sons of Liberty Gunworks headquarters. So, Mike, Kyle, thanks for having us out. And I of guess. Course. Um, no, we're stoked to have you here, man. Yeah. It's good. Good weather. Yeah. Yeah, you picked the coldest day. Picked the coldest day. 44 degrees, and my feet are cold. Yeah, my feet are cold too. I have the. Breathable Adidas on. Nice. They're just what a bad choice. Yeah, it was, it was not a wise one. <laughs> Kyle just, just uh, started a fire out here. Yeah, yeah, we have the fire pit right over there. We should kick that should, off. Should I get get a Bernie out here to start a fire? <laughs> Make it happen. Make it so we can move the equipment. It's cool. Yeah, we'll sit around a little campfire. We have a smoke machine out here. <laughs> Kyle, Mike, um, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, how you got started, and then we'll, we'll roll into all that. Uh, yeah, I'm Kyle, uh, Kyle Grothews and, uh, co-founder with, with Mike over here. And, uh, my background is primarily in business guns. You know, we've always, always loved guns and, uh, me and, me and Mike were introduced by a mutual friend that we, yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. And, uh, I haven't talked to him in, in, uh, it's been years actually. We wanted to make guns, you know, build, build awesome guns. And, uh, you know, I never, never expected it quite this big. I'm glad it did. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's been a cool ride to kind of watch y'all, because we kind of all came up at the same time, but, yeah. um, you know, started similar similar times, and, yeah, it's definitely been crazy, and it's been really cool to watch y'all just literally explode and just, you know, take over. Yeah, it's it, if you if you were to look at it in hindsight, it's kind of funny how it worked out. There's no way you could have planned this, like, us just serendipitously meeting, uh, like, through a random friend, uh, us being so different like kyle and i are the yin yang and anybody that knows us knows that like we are uh we're, we're very different in our approach to things the one thing we have in common is our, our hatred for losing we're both like super aggressive competitors you know so like that that's our common ground and so when we when we align on that we're we're pretty damn hard to beat you know uh my background was uh kind of a nomad skydiving gambling shooting pool I think Sons of Liberty is the first real job I've ever had. <laughs> so so yeah, it's kind of funny how it worked out. Like I said, if you look at the trajectory, there's no possible way you could have ever planned something like that. It's just things kind of fell in and it feels almost, uh, you know, divine you know, how it worked out. And it, it's been a real, it's been a blast, dude. I mean, y'all really started like basically building guns in the basement of the lumber yard, right? Uh, no AC, no heat, no nothing. It was really cold there today. Yeah, so I, I was I was building guns out of my garage and uh before Kyle and I met and then that was kinda what got me into my background you know, kinda got me started into the industry side of things. I you know, Will Larson was a mentor of mine, you know, rest in peace, Will. He's he, that guy had his hand in a lot of companies. I don't realize I don't know if people realize how much influence Will had, you know, BCM, Ford Controls, Centurion, you know, he obviously ran Psionics. I mean, like Sons of Liberty wouldn't be here without, you know, Will. So I started, you know, with taking some of his instruction, I started building guns in my garage. Got a visit from the uh, from the ATF, and I was like, "Hey, you uh, you better go get a license and 
you know, luckily they didn't shoot my dog. And right. <laughs> so around the same time, Kyle and I met. He had a he had a, a open spot in a lumber yard, and and I knew how to turn a wrench. And together we uh, here we are. Yeah, the first gun I built actually AR. I think I built myself. Actually, got stolen out of my truck and. Uh, Bear County actually called me a couple months ago and they're like, "Oh, it's, we found it, you know, it's down here in the evidence locker." And I'm like, "I don't know if I want it back." Like it was pretty, it was pretty bad, you know. Like the first one I built like 15 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I think I'd be embarrassed by it now. I'm yeah, like, you don't want to show that off. Yeah, yeah, I don't just think keep you it, just keep it, yeah. just keep it. Distra- no, so, uh, wrong serial number. That that one's not mine. We'll, we'll end up getting it back when we buy their evidence guns back one day. <laughs> yeah. So when did y'all start? Uh, was it 2014? So I'm actually a little bit disappointed. We missed our birthday. Our birthday was actually November twenty seventh. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna have to cut something for that soon. But yeah, November twenty seventh is whenever serial number one rolled off the nice. line. Now we so twenty fourteen is whenever we officially started. And like mm-hmm. we had we had uh, we were in business for about seven months, maybe before we actually built the first gun. I consider the birth of Sons Liberty when serial number one rolled off the line, right? But before that, we were still servicing weapons. We were still building guns, upper halves, you know, you know, doing that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, eight years, mm. eight years, a couple of days ago. Yeah, there's a few guns out there on those original, the original lowers that weren't really ours. Yeah, on the on the arrow ones. Yeah, yeah, I know a few people. There's only fifty of those. I know a few people that have them, and it has like it has our logo, but it's hand, I hand drew it, laser <laughs> 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 uh, it on the side. And I know a couple of people that have them. I'm like, oh, we will buy them back. Like, don't ever sell it. Like, we'll just trade you for a new one. Dude, I, I had a gun come through here for service that I built in my garage. Oh no shit! Yeah, and wow. I offered the guy. I said, I will. I will just give you a completely new gun. Like, I, I will upgrade that thing. I was like, I would like that back. He's like. No, give it twenty years, he'll pay off his mortgage. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's one cool. of the Mitsubishi specials. Dude. Like, this is where they were watching me and tapping my phones. <laughs> I learned something uh, interesting. So, when the ATF asks you a question, they usually already know the answer. Because if people don't think that there's a registry, let me just tell you. Uh, whenever I, whenever they sat me down, they had a. And they were asking me about you know building guns. They had a they had every forty four seventy three I had ever filled out in my life. Oh holy shit! Yeah, like I, like I remember buying a Barrett when I was twenty years old, like you know, and maybe two. And I was probably thirty two at the time that they uh, sat and talked to me, maybe thirty three. And uh, they had that forty four seventy three from that Barrett. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> if you, you know, you. You're on. You're on the list. We're on the list. Yeah, you're on the list. I'm on a list. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure my latest audio book put me up a couple layers on that list too. Oh shit. Yeah, reading some like urban guerrilla warfare stuff. So that's going to escalate that a little bit. Do, do you ever? Do you do you follow Andy NGO at all? No. So he's a he's like a freelance reporter and like he's devoted his career to kind of like reporting on Antifa, and uh, he publishes a lot of stuff on Twitter, which is. He's allowed to now. I know it's kind of lifted the veil, and it's. Uh, anyways, he publishes all their tactics and stuff. It's very interesting. These hmm. people should go look at that. There's some actual organization and training in there that I don't think just manifested in someone's mom's basement. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they're they're legitimate legitimate terrorist group at this point. Oh yeah, no yeah. for sure with with training and organization yeah, they're help and from people that know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean yeah. Like Portland, you know. Yeah, I, that was. There was some organization there, or to an extent. Oh no, but like yeah, bring bringing leaf blowers to blow the get blow the blow the gas back. I mean, all sorts of crazy <laughs> things they come up with. Umbrella oh. umbrellas for the pepper balls, I guess. Like you know, it's all sorts <laughs> of crazy stuff. Which brings the conversation back <laughs> before we get way off into the weeds on this. <laughs> we can edit that out. No, no, it's staying in because this segue is really good in into what we've got hanging up right there. Sense of liberty. How'd you go? I mean, we're talking about the start of it. How did you determine that that was your name? That's what you wanted to be your name. Did you were like, I want to be like, this is, this is the, um, I'm not going to say extreme right wing side of it because it's not, but is, how is that the image that you decided for and to go with, with your brand? Actually, my, my bro Glenn came up with the name. We were sitting out in San Diego and, uh, you know, I knew I wanted to get into the gun business. We were kind of looking at, you know, what that would look like. And, you know, he picked the name. And it, 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 we're both huge fans of American history. And, I, and unfortunately, like a lot of that 
all that history is completely lost upon people. People ask me every day, what do those five stripes mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? And it's, uh, it's disappointing that that stuff is not People should know that. You you would think that like the way that you learn history, like that would be common knowledge. It's not. Uh, but obviously, the Sons of Liberty were were the were they I guess were the descendants of the Loyal Nine, you know, which was a, a kind of a loose knit organization uh, like in the 1760s that were opposed to uh, the Crown, opposed to taxes and tyranny and occupation, all that kind of stuff, and they they were very vocal. They some would call them terrorists, <laughs> you know, but they were uh, they were certainly pushing back against that. And then the Sons of Liberty, obviously, you know, Paul Revere, Sam Adams, Ben Franklin, you know, uh, it just it, it fit. And at the time that uh, at the time that we picked the name, this was right after the kind of like we we kind of were forming the idea after the Sandy Hook shooting, right, and kind of going into that. There was a huge push. To ban guns, I think that you saw a, 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 a much more dramatic political shift at that time. Things went from being, I think, civil to being more adversarial in mm-hmm. that time, and so right. it was definitely a definitely a turning point. Definitely, yeah, something fundamentally changed in the country around that time. So we decided to roll with that as kind of a we wanted it to be a brand that stood for something, not not just high-end performance rifles, not just endurance rifles, but also a message about fundamentally who we are as Americans and, and what we believe, you know, and what the what the, the final option <laughs> might be. <laughs> I think the whole history aspect of it is pretty cool. Like, you incorporate that pretty well all throughout, like, your brand. I mean, you have the Rebellious Stripes, the Loyal Nine. Yeah. We're in the Green Dragon Tavern South, you know, yeah. like, right here is, that's the name of uh, of their bar right here. Uh, you have a pr- lot of really cool um, ways of tying that in, and even on the return labels from the packages that we get. Yeah. You know, Changing yeah. the names, yeah. Yeah, yeah every week it's coming, or every month, or how often do we change it? I think you can change it every week or two. Every Yeah, so if you look at the return labels on uh, on the packages, it's coming from the original, you know, the OG Sons of Liberty. And there's a lot of really cool ones, too, that you don't know, but you should look up some of the names that are on the packages, because there's a lot of them that you're like, I don't know who the hell that is, but you look them up, they're like, did some badass shit, you know, like they would have got the Medal of Honor now for like the badass <laughs> stuff that yeah. didn't, didn't exist back then, but... And yeah. then on you took the in loyal nine manufacturing is the actual is that the parent parent company it's, like it's the legal sons? entity it's the, it's the, the legal, legal entity yeah. right yeah and so, so <laughs> just a just a quick little tidbit about branding for anybody that wants to go into the gun business uh you know sons of liberty gunworks because we had gun in the name it, we were immediately limited to like. We were automatically flagged by credit card processors, mm. by Square, by website hosting places, uh, by a lot of stuff, right? So L9 manufacturing, as we grew, and we were, you know, having to circumvent this bullshit, right? You know, the the, the thumb that the gun industry is under. Loyal name manufacturing still sticks with the core theme and value of who we are, but it sounds more sterile and probably doesn't raise as many flags. And we're trying to sneak past some. Yeah. Some fucking Google band. Right, know? right. So yeah, Elmine's the parent company. Sons Liberty is our public facing uh you know, outward brand. Yeah, we use the Loyal Nine a little bit on you'll see on some of the the, the Loyal Nine lowers actually say it on the side instead of Sons of Liberty. We got we use it a few places, but Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordinance, and I'm Ian from Big Tech's Ordinance. (laughs) (laughs) And today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer. all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT. Also, these come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C those. USB-C rechargeable and has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox Training. Oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. 
doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. Yeah, we actually had a customer uh, issue with a Sage Blaster, right? We sent out a Sage Blaster. Customer emails back. I thought this was a Sons of Liberty gun. This is not a Sons of Where's my Sage Blaster? Like, dude, it's it's a Loyal 9 lower. It's a Sons of Liberty. I don't want it. Somebody like, needs to punch his history like, teacher right in the balls. Like, I don't, because of the, the I don't Loyal 9 was a Sons of Liberty. Like, they're like, hey, Josh, you know, our, our ATF guy comes in comes into the office, and he's like, hey, this guy wants to send this blaster back. He's ne it's never been out of the FFL. You know, what do you want to do? I was like, somebody else will buy it. Yeah, there's, there's a wait list. We have send like it, 500. Send people. it back. It's yeah, cool. That'll Don't take worry about it. You never worry about it. No. Yeah. yeah. And all, I've also learned that they, like, for, just for our our approach to customer services, we never argue with anyone, dude. It's just, it's what easier. Can I, yeah. Yeah. What can I do to make you whole right now? Okay, good. And that, and that you know, you that's just the simplest way to do it. I, I, I read some of the customer service emails that people post from like other entities not just the gun industry i'm just in general and you see like someone arguing i'm like i don't know how much time you wasted and how many people you've angered but that was nothing good comes out of it there's oh. no there's no good resolution for it and then all you do is just waste time it's yeah. easier just how do we make it right let's do that boom yeah, yeah. be done with it all right are you happy good here's a yeah. sticker <laughs> here's a hat <laughs> you know, like... yeah here's a hat here's a sticker here's a gift card yeah merry christmas <laughs> everyone everyone ends up a lot happier that way <laughs> Yeah, it I mean, some sanity too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are you, you do come across some people, and the bigger you grow, the more it happens. Right when you cast a bigger net, you're going to catch some weirder fucking fish. There are some people that that do not want to be happy. You know that they, they, you know, and like on that kind of thing, I'll, we'll go pretty far out of our way to try to make that thing whole. But you know. <laughs> there's, some there's people a, you can't help. No, some people don't. They don't want. want they don't yeah. want to be helped. There's, there's a book out there called it's "Like No Customer Service Is the Best Customer Service," and it's basically like you don't need customer service if you don't fuck up. I'm like, what world do you live in? How'd you yeah. write a <laughs> book about this? Like, that's that's not the real world. Yeah, yeah. We, we fuck up all the time, or not all the time, but it definitely happens. Yeah, like um, it's, it's sub one percent. It's sub one percent, and we're pretty happy with that. But man, like. You know we're 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 seeing some issues come out. We're just right off of Black Friday, so if you're listening to this show, we're recording this December first, so we're still within, you know, five days of Black Friday, and so now we're getting like, oh, you sent me a PLHV two rather than an OKW. Okay, cool. Like, and then now there's ten, and I'm looking at here. I'm like, I'm sorry, there's ten. He's like, well, dude, there's 1,800 orders that went out. Like. It's yeah, okay. that as a percentage is <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. not cool. Bad. It's not about how it's not about your mistakes. It's about how you fix yeah. it. And you know, yeah, yeah. Some of our most loyal customers are guys that we, or some of the guys that you know, are truly you know loyal to the brand. They, they were people that we kind of fucked something up with. So yeah. like, you know, they order they, we shipped the wrong color hat. So yeah, I got the wrong color hat. Cool, keep it, give it to a friend. Here's the right color hat. And you know, sorry about that. I remember you know. one of the first customers we had an issue with. Like we, had, it was like before. The first lower even came out. He wanted a rail. I can't remember what brand of rail. I think it was BCM, whoever it was, because we didn't have our own at the time. And it was like, yeah, I want a 15 inch of this this rail. And we're like, yeah, sure. And we sold to him. They went back and looked. We're like, fuck, they don't even make a 15 inch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, give me one. I'm like, it doesn't fucking exist. Like, we can't. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that was a that was a weird evolution for us too. Is like when you're very first starting out, you you say yes to everything like you know because oh, you, you, yeah. i mean like yeah let's do it you have this and then as you grow you have to kind of be a you have to be a little bit more responsible as to what you're willing to do because you eventually you know if you try to make everybody happy you're going to make nobody happy just stick to a few core things and that's why there's been a lot of neat stuff that we've wanted to do i mean like you know we came very very close to you know building ak's Oh holy shit! No, no, we like like uh, this yeah. is uh, this is open. Been long right? enough, yeah. So I mean, like Jim Fuller and and we were in talks about you know partnering on on doing something like that. I think that'd have been awesome. That would, yeah, that would have been amazing. Amazing, yeah. I think I, <laughs> I think, it goes, so I think cool. it goes Kalashnikov Fuller. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that'd have been like the equivalent of like getting you know like Stoner or something. Well, now I'm disappointed. I want I want a Jim Fuller <laughs> since a Liberty AK. It, you know, it was that time when the kit the parts kits and the parts are really drying up. So it was, yeah. it was either like it was like. 
we we was not going small. Like we would have had it gone hard. Yeah, and, like we were going made our own in. like American made like parts and like really had to go full full balls deep into it. And, and, and how we had, <coughs> we had we were you know we were, we were talking to who I think is you know truly one of the the true authorities on you know the, the AK platform. Uh, we we looked at that situation. This was kind of also when some of the the rush was you know it was starting to kind of ramp up a little bit. And yeah. and again we had to make that decision like. Okay, dude, what are you good at? And like, we're really, really good at the M4. Mm-hmm. And like, in, in right now, our entire, uh, all of our effort has to be directed to that because like, we have a, a we have a demand that is probably impossible to satisfy. You know, I mean, like, I mean, if we were to really look at forecasts and stuff, we're probably sold out for forty months or something on on stuff, right? So opening up an entirely new manufacturing vector, I think, would have to, taken away some of the you know uh, some of the horsepower from what we're truly good at yeah and you look around and there's a lot of gun companies out there that are either really good at making pistols and they decide to make ars or they're really good at making ars and they decide to go make bolt guns and it usually doesn't work out and it's like just you know sticking to what you're good at is why everyone's like why don't you make a glock it's like because everybody else makes a glock and that's uh, not our thing and it's like because i don't really know how like i could not teach a glock armorer's course the m4 i got you covered but i can't you know i, I couldn't tell you how to you know, build a Glock. Yeah. Know? So, and you travel all over to do the armors course, right? So, somebody who's not familiar with with your brand, uh, I know we host you what quarterly. We have you up at every every three three to four months to teach at uh, BTO training yep. facility, uh, and but you go all over the country. Yeah, I probably do about thirty thirty five oh, wow. classes a year. I mean, so that's I mean, I'm gone more than I'm home. And yeah, it's moving. Yeah, and I mean, I've I've trained well over a thousand armorers at this point, and it's an actual certification that's usually accredited by the state in which I'm teaching. Like it's a T Cole cert, you know, in Texas or Sled or Post or wherever I'm teaching to. And I bring that up only because the classes, uh, it would stand up to scrutiny under, you know, if you had to testify as to why you know you you did this. So, I mean, it's a it's I think it's probably I'm a little biased. I think it's probably one of the best m4 armorers courses out there because it's not so much like a how-to i mean i I can teach a monkey how to uh install a barrel nut but like do you know why you know you use this anti-seize do you know why you season those threads do you know why we stake in this many places do you know you know why we use this material why this gas port carrier speed management blah 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 blah. and it's you know most people go into that class thinking they have a you know pretty solid grasp on the rifle and they leave the class realizing there was a lot more to it than than what they thought. And I, I mean, we teach military, you know, CADM guys and small arms repair and, you know, LE and real civilian enthusiasts. We teach industry guys and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot more, there's a lot more to it, you know, than I think people get. And one thing I like about it is it's not a Sons of Liberty armors course. No. It's an M4 armors course. So it's not just a sales pitch for why Sons of Liberty is the best and why you should only buy their product. No. It's a legit showing what the platform is, what it can do, why it, why certain things are important. And it's very, very informative. I've taken it you know a handful of times. And every time I pick up on something different. Yeah. I mean, I, t- I talk about my competitors in that class. I mean, I use BCM and in, in, uh Knights and LMT and Psionics and Centurion and, uh, you know, Nevesquia. I use brands that I respect as performance brands. I use them kind of to discuss some of these concepts, or I use the actual TM or the actual TDP because I don't want it to feel like a product push. I want it to be a true standards push. Like the reason why we do this isn't because Mike Mahalski pulled it out of his ass. Like we do this because we have 60 years of collective data on this and, you know, and people kind of here's the frustrating thing the, the, like the term mil spec is one of the most bastardized terms uh, in the industry and people really don't know what it means like even recently when i post certain uh technical information you'll have people comment on this and i realize just how how uninformed that is like people have to remember like there's no, there's no sample size of rifles that have you're talking about sample sizes of millions and round counts of billions in every austere condition that rifle's ever been deployed to, whether you're a 17-year-old ASFAB waiver or you're a Delta Force operator. And we have a lot of data on why military rifles actually work and why 
premature failure is anomalous on certain components, why the guns work suppressed or unsuppressed without the need for adjustable anything, you know, why the guns are able to run in those austere conditions after they're covered in debris and mud, whatever. So, you know, the, I'm not saying that we can't exceed the mill standard. We do. That's the, the whole point. Our, my job is to increase the lethality of the platform, and we want to incrementally keep pushing that bar up. But you have to at least know where the floor is. You have to know where to start. And I would argue, and this will piss people off, I would argue that 95% of guns on the commercial market would not meet the basic mill standard. It just would not materials, techniques, uh, be able to pass certain uh, some, you know, objective firing schedules, you know, it would not be able to do it. 95% of the ARs out there would not meet that standard. And you get a lot of guys that are in the military like, oh, my Beretta, my rifle is like, oh, it's all, it's all messed up and, you know, rattles and man, this thing's a giant piece of shit. I'm like, it's 30 years old and it still works. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's probably had like 70,000 rounds. Yeah. Yeah. More than that. I mean, yeah, probably, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been in military armories where you can see, uh, you know, M16, like, you know, uh, engraved over, and it says M16A1, that's been engraved over, and then M16, I mean, like, that receiver's been in service, you know, since the 70s, you know, I mean, so, uh, I mean, I, I, there's just, a lot of this technical nuanced data is lost on the majority of the gun buying population, and most people can't tell you why, the why behind any of it, and uh, that's kind of where we're trying to push in there. If nothing else, my contribution to the industry will hopefully be to raise the bar on what the standard is. And I think we've already done that. I mean, even over the years, I mean, people just know a lot more. I mean, we did 10 years ago. Nobody knew, you know. Oh, yeah. Nobody taught gas ports 10 years ago. No, no. no I, mean, I, I, I see a lot of people adopt our stuff. I mean, I, I can see the, the impact that we've had. Whether we get credit for it or not, it's a different story. But I, mean, <laughs> I can clearly see people adopting some of our warranty package where hey you shoot a barrel out you give you a free one hey you do you, know, you, you shoot someone in a defensive shooting we'll give you a free gun while it's in evidence nobody did that before us nobody we did this from day one from eight years ago You're, you know no one did that before us now it's starting to catch on which is great guess who benefits man the end user the yeah, Americans, the whole industry episode yeah and i'm and I'm, I'm i'm proud to have i think help drag <laughs> drag some of, <laughs> some of our our peers with us dude that's true we, we really did that <laughs> And and the bottom line when it comes down to mil spec, the thing, work. yeah, the fucking thing must work, and that's true. This is like the, the opening slide of my armorer's class is the fucking thing must work, and then the the caveats into any modification done to the weapon at the expense of reliability should be avoided or dot 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 explained. There are times where you may have to make a certain modification to the weapon in order to fit some extremely niche task but i want people to be able to articulate why they've stepped off the path like not just because it looks cool or not because of you know someone handed you a really cool brochure i want you to be able to explain exactly why you've stepped off the path and there are times whenever you articulate that answer and it makes sense we have uh we've had some interesting folks come through here from different you know entities and units something like that and you'll see some of the stuff on their rifles and you ask why and they'll tell you, well, because whenever you jump out of a fucking airplane, it stows to your body better in this configuration. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, that's a good answer. You know, or you talk to EP guys that have to put a rifle in a, a very small package. Okay, that that makes sense. That's a good answer. But for a lot of stuff, you see gizmos and gadgets that don't belong on the gun. <laughs> you know, and they're like, why'd you do that? I'm like, it's fucking cool, dude. But, I mean, that's fine. That's a good reason, too. Just, you know. Just- just be honest. <laughs> be, be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. What's been the biggest challenge that y'all have had, you know, scaling at the at the the scale that y'all have over the past eight years? Because I know it probably, I mean, for us, it kind of started off slow, and then we started to gain traction, and all of a sudden, it just like, you know, straight up trajectory. And from the outside looking in, that's kind of looks like. I would, I would think one of the biggest ones we've had is, is uh, we've done a pretty good job with it, but once the more and more people you have, like that, it's training them because the... You know, and it was just me, him, and Dylan. Like, we would just go sit down and be like, all right, we got to do blah, blah, blah. But now we have poison like six states. You know, we've got, you know, almost 40 guys working here and oh, making wow. sure they stay up on the training. And it's not like, well, this is how, this is how I always did it when I was an arm in the air. Like, no, you got to do it our way. But, and yeah. yeah, keeping up with the training, make sure everybody's on the same page is, is, is always tough the bigger you get. So, yeah, we, we've never hired based on experience or resumes. We, we hire based on personality and chemistry. Like 100%. I, it's my job 
I do this professionally is teach people how to build guns. So I can teach you yeah, how you to build. You got that covered. I got that covered. <laughs> I can teach you how to build a gun from the ground up, but I can't teach you how to be cool. And I can't teach you how to have thick skin. I can't teach you how to give a shit. I, you know, I can't teach you how to you know, believe in something bigger than you. Because that's what we do. That's one of the things that I think resonates with people that are familiar with us is that we're it's not just a rifle company. It's a, I believe it's a cause, you know, uh, arming people with fighting guns. Um, and all of our guys, nobody's here to punch a clock. People believe in the cause. I mean, look at our activism. Look how much time we spend actually on the other side of that is the message. Um, the hardest thing for us, I think, in scaling, though, too, is, you know, any any issue that you see, whether it's inventory management, whether it's logistics, whatever, those just keep getting magnified, magnified, magnified. And nobody can plan. No company plans for doubling, tripling, or quadrupling, you know, year over year. You can't plan geometric growth because it's like that's it's so unheard of. Mm-hmm. Can trying to manage that and uh, never. I, I believe this. I believe that we currently build the best rifles we've ever built as a company today. Our our the quality of the rifle, like you know, incorporating FCD castle nuts as opposed to the USGI we used to use. Uh, you know, I think like the the rails we're using now are the strongest rails we've ever used. You know, like I mean, so I think the rifles we build today are the finest iteration of anything we've ever built. That's typically not true of companies when they scale. Mm-hmm. Typically, the guns they build, oh yeah, at the top of their growth are not as good as the guns they built when they were first coming up. This is true. There's a golden age of almost every rifle company where things were performance driven, then they start to become margin-driven, efficiency-driven, right? We didn't do that. We've actually gone the opposite way, and I'm proud of that. You know, I'm, I'm very... But that's a fucking challenge. Oh. You know, when you go from building a hundred, you know, guns, you know, every couple months to, you know, that sometimes, you know, you're you're, you're cranking, you know, about a hundred rifles a day, you know, or more, depending on, you know, what we're, we're working on. So, uh, managing that and keeping that QC, that's a, that's, that's a lot of work, you know? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, when there's a lot of things that uh, people don't realize that where we're at growth technology wise and when we're scaling at an exponential rate, we've seen this in in our business that drives over to you during the height of the pandemic, y'all would send us 25 Sage Blasters and we'd put them up on our website and our website crash and everybody's (laughs) like, fix your website, your website sucks. I'm like. There is not a system designed right now, currently, to handle a thousand people doing the same thing on your website. It happens to Geisley every year, it, it, you know. It's like it. Our website. There's not a product on Amazon that a thousand people are checking out right now. It doesn't exist. Yeah, and it just people don't understand the scalability, and and that's as simple as a click here button, not. You know, not building it hundreds yeah. and hundreds of guns. No, no. I mean, again, like, you know, the the issues you see, not, you know, we talk a lot about the rifle building because, like, at the end of the day, it's like it's like the Marine Corps, you know, every, you know, every, every Marine's a rifleman first, right? Well, I mean, like, every Sons of Liberty employee is an armorer first, you know, before they go off to customer service or Saracote or shipping or whatever. I mean, for the most part, they're armorer trained before they ever go do anything else. That's our core thing. So we focus a lot on the rifle building, but that's like 10% of what the actual, the the job, you know, the levels of emails, questions, phone calls, people like, you know, I I do see sometimes complaints where like, hey, I didn't, you know, uh, someone didn't get back to me in time. I'm like, they got back to like 300 people today. (laughs) And like, I'm sorry that like yours might have not gotten responded to you, but like, you know, they trying to, trying to manage all that. Uh, our guys are when we first started out our guys were very good at turning wrenches guys that are really good armorers aren't always the best at being very good at emailing (laughs) so like so having to build around that and keep building and scaling and beefing that machine up that's tough yeah the support the support the back end side of it is always the uh, the part a lot of companies struggle with a lot of of things even look at the military there's a reason why the US military is so good I mean it's because all the logistics and we can we can come to you and fight you, you know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but you look at you know the the military from Kenya or some shit. I mean, yeah, we have got a bunch of guys with guns, but I mean, they don't have any cooks or 
truck drivers. Well, the Russian military was out of gas. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. Like, 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 look at, in yeah. a bordering country, right? You know, like, yeah. so there, there's no support personnel. Well, it's, just, it's, it's the same thing for us. I mean, you have purchasing, shipping, you know, customer service, app, marketing, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, and all of that goes into, like, one rifle. <laughs> you know, all of that is why one rifle can go out of the door. It's like the tip of the iceberg, you know. No. I mean, you see the rifle, but there's all this support that's underneath it. That, that yeah, I think the last, the most of the people we've hired recently have all been purchasing, you know, counting, you know, customer service, that sort of stuff. And uh, it's very, it's very important. I mean, that's mostly what we, you know, we got the rifle building down. I mean, a lot of the meetings we have is on all the other, all the other crap that goes into making sure they all go the out boring the door. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, you talked about it earlier. The the, the warranty that y'all have on like if you shoot out a Sons of Liberty barrel replace for free can you yeah. touch on that a little bit yeah so uh, whenever we again when we very first started the company this is eight years ago and we're looking at stuff we really wanted to have legitimate data driven uh, empirical information right to be able to tell people like this is empirically what you are getting. There's to where there's no. It's not controversial. This is it. Like this is here. It is. You know, very open. And I was surprised because there were certain doctrinal things that s- surprised me. Predicting barrel life is spooky. It is. I would say it's impossible. Like from what we saw, a 16-inch barrel made of a certain material would last slightly longer in terms of group size. Than a 10.5 inch barrel of the same material, same process. You know, a longer barrel seemed to keep, maintain groups longer than a shorter barrel. Uh, a suppressed barrel, okay, it seemed to have a shorter, a little bit shorter life than an unsuppressed barrel. Looking at different firing schedules, looking at, you know, all this kind of stuff, trying to define what barrel life even is. Is it group size? Is it standard deviation in muzzle velocity? Is it a drop muzzle velocity? Is it throat erosion? Is it port erosion? You know, you start looking at all of this stuff. And you try to kind of get a, a metric for how to define it, and you realize there's a ton of overlap in the difference between the best performing barrel and the worst performing barrel out of the exact same lot would could have been up to like thirty percent, right? Like the thirty percent difference in what in what your expectation was. So instead of trying to chase that fucking demon around, we made it very clear that if you ever shot out a Sons of Liberty barrel, we would just replace it for free. Because the one thing I do know is that it's very fucking hard to do. Okay, and 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 people look at me and they've asked me. Even my peers in the industry have asked me, "Why do you do that?" Well, because I'm a real nice guy, and <laughs> because I have a fucking calculator. If you're the kind of guy that can shoot out one of our barrels, it is in my interest to keep you fucking shooting no matter what. Because whether you know it or not, you're a brand ambassador for us. Whether you know it or not, you're selling hundreds of rifles for us because you're the guy that's taking carbine classes every weekend. You're the guy that's like the red shirt on your department. You're the guy that is competing his ass off. You're the guy that people that go on. That a shooter. That guy, well, yeah. that's the guy that people go ask gun advice from. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep you shooting no matter what. You get a fucking free barrel and a hat. <laughs> you know, so the whole barrel thing came down to the fact that like, and I, I it's hilarious just to read the arguments on the internet about <laughs> which process is better and what material, or, you know, I will tell you materials matter. Like a 4150 CMV or the build dash B dash 1159, you know, echo, like, like that ordnance grade steel, that is actually the difference maker between barrels like Versa 416 stainless. Yeah. Okay. So that ordnance grade steel that is, that is chemically or chemistry is designed, metallurgically designed for thermal erosion resistance. That makes a difference. Okay, when you start getting into the processes of either hammer forge or chrome lining or QPQ or button rifle, blah 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 blah, whatever, I promise you that it gets pretty spooky on how to determine what that thing is going to do, no matter what it is. Like I said, how long is the barrel? Is it suppressed? What is the cadence of fire? And the truth is, is that you start to realize that it's the data overlaps. So instead of Chasing some of that shit, like, hey, shoot a fucking barrel out, you get a free one, no questions asked. Yeah, what ammo are you shooting shit? Shooting high pressure ammo, the bimetal jacket. Here's stuff what or- I want some people to realize, though, too, because, like, again, I, I you know, I'm just having conversations and I, I, I really do value our end user feedback. We, we have well over 100,000 Sons of Liberty barrels on the market <laughs> out in the world. Well over 100,000. Yeah. Okay. And, I'm backing every one of those up with my own money. So you're talking about millions <laughs> of dollars of me saying, fuck you, shoot it out, bro. If 
<laughs> if it was that easy to do, okay? Yeah, you'd be broke. <laughs> yeah, well, we, uh, yeah, I'd be, you know, if, uh, yeah, exactly. I'd be, I would not, yeah. It's a I'd, lot of barrels. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of barrels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, so I don't, I don't like, like, you know, there's a, there's internet memes and there's uh, Reddit advice. And then there's a guy sitting here telling you with my own money and my own reputation that I'm backing up over 100,000 barrels with this. Go shoot the fucker. Go shoot it. Go shoot it all you want. How do you go about selecting your parts and what you're like? Okay, like we're really familiar with like the M89 and M76 rails, right? Sure. And 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 that type of stuff, and and the drive mechanisms that go into holding that on. Like, how did you say this is what I want and this is who I want to get it from? Yeah. So <laughs> this is another one of those things that's really misunderstood uh, in the general gun buying public like people that know people that know how things work <clears throat> they they understand this and then you know there's the the rest of the people that don't so just because you know where something is made that's probably about 10% okay of like the equation because you don't know there's i don't want to say there's menu options right but let's say you're selecting a bolt okay Picking the material is one box, okay? And then there's just so much other stuff that you're requiring them to do, okay, that it may or may not be specified from whoever else may use the same OEM. But it's 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 a it's a there's a process to that. Knowing what boxes this thing must check, that it goes that's one of the some of the stuff we cover in armorers courses is into the why, but it's like that for anything. I mean, you're not you're not just slapping a label on something. Okay, you're you're having somebody make something to a, a either a proprietary standard. Okay, like the M eighty nines or you know the way we oversize a lug on an upper receiver, the way we undersize a threaded bore on an upper receiver, so that press fit barrel, like you know so. It's an upper receiver, but those with those dimensions and those those tolerances, those prints that you dictate, the anode thickness, the the type of all that kind of stuff, right? That that's knowing where it's made doesn't tell you very much about anything. how it's made. How it's made. It's it, it's just that that happens to be true. Uh, same thing with uh, with almost every other component. I mean, the level of thought we put into a detent, a detent, which is like the most uninteresting thing in the gun, right? True military detents are cadmium, right? Commercial detents are mostly zinc-coated, okay? Cadmium is really toxic. You don't see a lot of it in the commercial market, right? That's a spec that's called out, like, in the TDP, right? Zinc, now, if you shoot 300 rounds a year, which is what the average firing schedule is for, like, most civilian shooters, none of this stuff will ever manifest, okay? If you are taking carbon courses where you're going from fire to safe, you know, a thousand times in a in a weekend, right? And you're wearing that thing down. Materials, coatings, that kind of stuff really does start to matter. So, like, we use stainless steel that's QPQ coated on a detent to exceed the life of even the cadmium ones, right? Which is a far cry from the zinc ones. <laughs> now, if you put if you if if you go into that level of thought for a fucking detent for all your selector lever. Like, what kind of thought do you think you put into, like, the extractor, you know, or your ejector type or your, the, the fastener or the, you know, that's the stuff that's, to me, is always funny. Like, you know, uh, parts apart, you know, no, it's, it's not. And do you know why we've done this? Do you know why? And the, and the average person probably couldn't answer that question, you know, unless they, they were that type of person to really want to dig that deep into the weeds. But that's why. That's why we use a detent made of that material, coated in that material, you know, coated with that stuff. Because if you are asking your gun to do more than the average shooter, and you need it to survive that constant metal on metal wear, okay, and you want that crisp and very positive engagement on there, like that's how you maintain that over a long period of time. That's a fucking detent, you know, small park springs that we use like a mag catch or. Uh, takedown pin spring you know again 17.7 wire because it can be properly heat treated and because you know that is what's going to give you the longest service life on that tiny component your rifle's only as good as its shittiest part does that make sense like 
rifles don't fail because your $400 rail fell off. That's not why they fail. Rifles fail because some some 30 cent spring was overlooked or because some detent wasn't done right or because some fastener broke. That's why guns really actually work and fail. You know, not because of your stock or your Cerakote job or like your fucking super high speed badass ninja trigger. I mean, actually, fire control groups have a lot to do with why guns work and fail, but not for the reasons that people think. You know, like whenever you select a fire control group, whenever you're looking at that, you want a crisp, clean, predictable break. You want a very positive reset and you want a fucking sledgehammer coming down to ensure primer detonation, right? There's a lot of triggers on the market that are so focused on being fast that they forget the other half of the equation, and that is ensuring primer detonation. On a race gun, a gamer gun, if you have a failure to detonate a primer, you've lost a couple seconds, you know, having to, you know, cycle a weapon. If that happens when, you know, Cletus is coming through your window at 2 a.m., you know, the stakes are a little bit higher. So whenever we say the fucking thing must work, you know, you're looking at things like guaranteeing primer ignition, even on hard primers. Like, that's the level of thought that goes into stuff that is lost upon a lot of the general gun buying public, you know? And how do you how do you teach them that? Well, I think, number one, they first have to be interested and want to learn, mm-hmm. you know? And then, two, like, it's it's hard to demonstrate that because, you know, you may fire a weapon. You may, you may, cycle, you may run that thing through a 10,000-round firing schedule. And the problems we're talking about may not even manifest within there. Unfortunately, problems typically manifest <laughs> at the worst opportune time. So, like, I mean, you know, you're trying to demonstrate why you do it this way, and then you always get, well, I've done this, and I've never had a problem. I'm like, well, that's not, you know, wait till you do. sample size of one, <laughs> anecdotal, and, you know, and we're going to do our best to make sure you, you never have that problem. Another thing that y'all are really big on is like the QC of the components as they come in. So like, I mean, there's a there's a picture from years ago of like a couple bins of gas tubes. You've got good, you've got bad. Like you're over there checking each one. So we we do that. That picture I posted that's actually from BCM. Oh no shit. Yeah, and I'm a BCM. I am a BCM fanboy. I would say that BCM was actually one of my inspirations. I think that they are a really true good fighting gun company. No frill, no bullshit, just a straight-up gun company, right? Um, but we do the same thing. The, our interns here, like, it, it, when someone gets hired here, it takes about three months before that we actually turn them loose on their own to do some task, you know? Like, their their first couple of days here, they might be weighing buffers on a postal scale because just because it says H2 on there doesn't mean that the dude who assembled it actually put two tungsten weights <laughs> in there, you know? So weighing those on a postal scale, I mean... Sometimes with the better brands, not some, this is not just unique to Sons Liberty, your better performance brands, a lot of times what you're paying for is the shit we throw away, right? The, the, you know, you're sitting there and you have a gauge and you're going in and out of the internal dimension of a gas block, okay? And it, it's either pass or fail. And there's, you know, we have very, very tight tolerance on that because a gas block, the way it marries a journal, if that's not efficient, you're going to be hemorrhaging gas there, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, you, the not, so not just the, diameter the inside diameter of a gas block but you're also looking at the actual journal of the barrel you know and and just because it's specced at you know 750 anybody that's ever done anything with precision machining knows that that's really not how it works you know it could be 7495 okay well so anyways a part of what you're paying for a lot of times is the amount of stuff that you reject a gas tube that flange isn't of the right diameter to create the seal inside the gas key so you're not hemorrhaging gas and the weapon's efficient. Uh, we reject, fuck, dude. I mean, maybe 10% of gas tubes or maybe 8% of gas tubes. What do you think the projection rate is like on gas tubes that do not pass our spec? It's probably 5 five to 10%, but they're usually in batches. Like a whole batch will come in, they're fucked up. Yeah, Tom was telling me that y'all just sent back a whole bunch mm. of gas tubes. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. it would be like, am I going to machine gas tubes in-house? No, I'm going to have them I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to source them from a place that does a good job typically at doing that, and then we're going to make sure they're, they pass our gauges. You know, we've spent tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> on these gauges, and like you know, a lot of our labor cost is simply gauging shit. Uh, that's why what's, whenever you send stuff out, you have a very high degree of confidence in what it's going to do because before it ever gets to the end user, it's gone through several stages of opportunities to reject 
you're not taking something out of a fucking box and putting it in this box. That's not how. Yeah, that's what most people do. Yeah, we, we probably reject like gas blocks probably 5 to 10%. And it's kind of figured in when we manufacture them, the tolerances and stuff like that. It's, it's, we, we check them all and it's so much easier to check them all and have a few, a few get kicked out than you'd be, you know, if you, if you're going to be, make them slow enough where they're all perfect or they're be astronomically expensive. So, but a lot of companies don't, your chances of getting a bad one are one out of 20 or one out of 10 because they're not checking them. Right. And we have those gas blocks machined to our print, to our tolerances out of the material that we dictate. Like, here's a, here's a funny example. We use a 4140 gas block. Okay. We, we use that material because 4140 at the gas block has the same thermal expansion and contraction rate as the 4150 barrel. You want those things expanding and contracting at the same rate. I see other materials used on gas blocks out there, and some folks might think material X is an upgrade because it's very expensive. They don't realize that it might be heating and expanding at half the rate of your barrel steel, or it's heating and expanding at twice the rate of your barrel steel, and you're creating issues there at that juncture. The level of thought you put into the thermal and expansion and contraction rate of a gas block is something that people don't typically think about. Yeah, not, not only that, a lot of there's a lot of steel. I mean, obviously, you don't use an aluminum gas block, but even steel gas blocks, a lot of them aren't. Most of them are not 4140. I think us, Roger, a few people use 4140, but most of them are like 8620 or mm-hmm. L1214 or something like that. Like you get a lot of other softer metals in there that they're running because they're easier to make. But uh, I think we're one, of, we're one of the few that I know of on the market that are actually using 4140, like Mike said, that's real close to the barrel and, steel. And you're talking about, I mean, like that's, you're getting really close to the last thing touching the projectile before it leaves the barrel if it's all contracting and expanding at different right or you're you're starting to hemorrhage gas between the block and the journal and like remember the gas you've budgeted to drive the weapon if it's just being able to escape into the world it's it's you've you've lost something when you're pushing that gun you're asking it to go the extra fucking inch when you're asking that gun to just go a little further okay the more efficient gun is going to get there it, it just is, mm-hmm. you know, like when the gun is dirty or it's dry or your gas rings are worn or there's debris in the raceway or there's other things going on or the, it's negative 20 degrees outside and, you know, you test fire your gun at, you know, 80 degrees, you know, like ambient temperature. When you start stacking these variables into that weapon, okay, the more efficient gun is going to push further. It just is. And, and so you've put that level of thought into it. And we're not, and this is the other thing too. You don't shoot. You don't test something, or you don't you don't come up with the formula based upon getting it to work at some static range under ideal conditions, right? You're thinking of what the gun's going to do when the chips are truly down, when everything's gone to shit, and there's a real problem, or you've or you're you're pushing that gun to its outer edge of its performance envelope. Okay, that's where that's what you're paying for. When you buy a better rifle, you're paying for that that ex that that last five percent. The last five percent of the performance envelope—that's what you're buying, and that's one of the hardest things to communicate to people. Whenever they say, "Oh, you, you know, you don't need something like like no, like you, you, you do if you want to exceed, you know, the the expectation of your adversary, <laughs> you know, or the other, you know. I mean, and so that's that's kind of what it is, and, and that's sometimes as a rifle maker who gives a shit, that's one of the most frustrating things to try to get across, you know. So what do y'all have coming up? What's the next big thing for Sunsil? We colored, colored charging handles coming out probably here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we got some. Other, we got a bunch of stuff coming down. I think we, we, the Mark Tens are starting to roll off the line, and those are looking pretty sweet. And those, and those will get even. We're doing more of those, and we'll keep cranking those out through next year. And then some point next year, probably by the summer, there'll actually be a new generation of those coming out. So, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Our new, I, I love our I love our new charging handles, man. Uh, you know, we built them with suppressed use in mind. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the LCH a little bit. Yeah, that new charging handle that y'all just came out with. So again, every year we start. Every every year we we kind of bring. A, f- a few processes a little bit more under our control and uh and, and we saw in, in this application this was a good opportunity because i did want to create a seal in the back of that upper not just for our guns but for any rifle you throw mm-hmm. that into it is going to interrupt some of that gas you know coming coming back to the shooter and this is you can throw that charging handle into any rifle and i think it's going to probably improve uh, the shooter experience in that uh, very very tough we wanted it to be you know, obviously it's an ambidextrous charging handle. We wanted it to be able to get a good purchase on that thing, but not be so large where it's snagging on gear or it's, you know, it's, uh, 
you know, we've put a little bit of thought into the ergonomics of that thing. You know, now with the charging handle, where you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you can just find a few practical things to, you know, I think improve things a little bit incrementally, right? And it also helps us to streamline and kind of keep put our efforts into being able to meet some of that demand. Our the demand far exceeds our ability to produce. Bringing some of these processes into house is, you know, just makes sense of the evolution of the brand. Yeah, for sure. What do you have coming up that's not actually physical in nature? Like gun-wise, what do you have coming up? I know for a fact that you've been talking to a couple of my buddies yes. from my neck of the woods. Yes. When is this going to air? This is going to air after the first announcement. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we're really, really super excited <laughs> about this. I'm going to be a little bit vague, dude, but I got to tell you, I have not been this excited <laughs> for a gun event in the entire time I've been in the industry. Like, this is like the whole reason all of us are in the industry and and all the end users out there that, that are like super, like the super end users, yeah. right? We all... <laughs> have the same pedigree in terms of like the movies we used to love to watch <laughs> and the characters and like the personalities, the humor of like that culture. And we're getting to do something that I think is just fucking awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're actually yeah. filming for that tomorrow. So yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, I was kind of upset that I wouldn't run into him down here. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so. so excited, dude. I, 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 I'm already got, planning outfits and oh yeah, guns I got my nicest like, tracksuit ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I was I was trying to figure out how we could do a podcast episode while we're there. Oh god, because yeah. that's like oh, there, there's going to be a ton of people there, and I was almost going to be like, hey, dude, we got to find like an '80s van <laughs> and record the podcast. In the eighties, you should just do it out like like Brett, you know, like they do like uh, game day, just out like on a stage and just that's, see all the that's people. Another, that's another another idea. Behind, that's kind another of idea. Carrying RPGs and shit. <laughs> it, it's going to be cool, and and they've done a great job with their events. When when we saw you out at, I'm, I'm going to say Clash Bash because yeah, this yeah. is going. They're going to figure that out by the time this airs. Yeah. Uh, when I saw you out at Clash Bash on on social. I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> what's going to happen Something's here? cooking. Because this is going to be good. And I'm, I'm really excited for it because, one, it's in our backyard. It's at the ranch. We're going to have a lot of fun with I this. Got, that, that facility is amazing just to see how, how much Shockey has yeah. done out oh, there. Because yeah. you, you've been out there when it was just you know, just one range with the I went out there with Scott. Yeah, there was hardly it was just that one little shack and it was yeah. a house and like, yeah. I mean well, I don't even know if I'd call it a range. And then there's <laughs> a, a dirt pile. Yeah, yeah. A dirt pile. But now I see what it really is I think becoming one of the most one of the coolest places in the country to to, to go shoot to have an event. That's where we have our carbine series, mm-hmm. which are you know our carbine series sold out again. We have our multi gun match out yep. there. Yeah. A few days after the what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I look at that place, and it's uh, it's just amazing what it's become and uh, and what it is. I mean, that's by if you haven't been there, you know, you got to like the long range, and just imagine, you know, steel like as far as you can see, and then of course all of these, you know, all of these bays that you have true ability to get mobile and to and to do some fun stuff, and it's just over and over and over, and it's, it's just really cool. Yeah, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting so us down. They didn't come out. Thanks we came for out. inviting us. I yeah. said inviting us down. <laughs> I said coming out. Oh yeah. No, I'm, so. I'm glad. I'm super glad you guys came, man. It, it's always a good time. Ike and and we kind of have our trajectories have been pretty similar, man. We started around the same time. Mm-hmm. We've always like supported each other, and it's, you're definitely one of my favorite people in the in the industry to work with. And I appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, just the way you take care of your cut, you have the same philosophy as just, hey, make this dude happy. And, you know, you know, like, you know, and so it's it's really cool to see what you've built as well, Ben. Yeah, I remember, I think the first time was at uh, Making Bacon back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I remember it was like, oh, we got a donation Tommy's for Making Bacon from Big Tech's Outdoors. I'm like, what the hell's that? And uh, I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could do Making Bacon again, but it's yeah. just. Like, we were just talking about this last night, man. Like, there's really, like, that was so much. Are, are there any big machine gun shoots? Even Other Knob Creek like, is gone, right? What? Even Knob Creek. Yeah, that, I think they had their last one. Yeah. It's just so hard. I mean, even that place we had it the last time, I'm surprised we didn't kill a cow or something. Like, it was, <laughs> it was. we were like shooting down into a hole, but if you went like this, I was like, oh, shit. I would edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, it's been long yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, well, cool, guys. Thank you so much for Appreciate having it. us, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks, well, thanks for, for having, having us. We're here. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're in your, your house, show, man. That's we're your show. <laughs> we didn't even bring the. We didn't bring our background. I was like, no, we're going to take the. We're going to show off the tower. Good really experience. experience. Yeah, really appreciate it. But yeah, um, so send to libertygunworks.com or gw.com. SWGW.com is probably the easiest one to type in. Yeah, <laughs> Google sends a liberty. You can find it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Instagram, Facebook for now. Um, but, yeah, they, as, of, they, as of right now, <laughs> as we're of still on there. Oh shit. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, if y'all could like, subscribe, share this, all that kind of stuff, tell us how awesome we are, and um, it, re- it really helps us out in the ratings and everything, and getting getting the the, the podcast out there. But we currently have a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, yeah, which I'm really ex- <laughs> I'm really excited about. But only one person has actually took the time to write a review. So how about y'all go out and actually write a review on Apple Podcasts? Please do it. Might get a gift card. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all take care.